Welcome to the Bay Area's Unforgivable Podcast. Unscripted conversations discussing trending hot topics. Crazy, crazy natural discussions that'll have you in awe. In fact, they'll be unforgivable. And now, please welcome your hosts, Cedric, Craig, and Dave. What's happening, everybody? Good morning, good evening, whatever time you're tuning in. Welcome to the Unforgivable Podcast. This is your host, Craig. Cedric. And Dave. And today we're going to talk about music. Our love for it, comparing it to the 90s, to the 2000s, everything. And towards the end, we're going to talk about, you know, the late, great DMX. You know, I'm going a little around about that one because I take that personally. So okay. stay tuned. Stay locked in. We're going we gonna, we gonna to get started. So... What did music mean to y'all growing up? You know, growing up in an underserved community, music was the only thing I felt like I had. (laughs) (laughs) It changed my life. No, no, no. On a serious note, though. Um, You know, music to me, music sort of raised me. Um, And I'm not stretching when I say that. most people who know me kind of you know a little bit about my background and not really i mean as most um or a lot of you know young um black men you know kind of growing up without any real uh, role models or people that they felt like they could look up to people to, to inspire to, to be um music was sort of a supplement in my life in that sense where um i felt like some of these artists uh growing up that I used to listen to uh, were people who in my eyes were cool, right? People who I kind of wanted to be like people who were, who are superstars in a sense. So I felt like, you know, just growing up music was, was pivotal in my, my development as a, as a human being, as a person, as a man, um, shit, all of the above. Music is what I would confine in Um, times when I was happy, times when I was sad, times when I was angry there there was usually usually times um where I was having an emotion I couldn't really describe or I didn't really have the language to describe how I how I was feeling there was usually a song that could kind of help help me uh explain (laughs) (laughs) explain my emotions during the time (laughs) I feel that no I kind of have the same with you about you know like it it was kind of a form of meditation for me like it was, it'd be some days where I just would not watch any TV. I'd just be by myself with my iPod on, mm. and it it, it kind of settled me. Especially on days like like you said, like some days where you were sad or angry. Hell, some people some some people don't know that some songs kept them, you know, from me from whooping their ass a couple times. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't gonna say who it is, but mm. you know, hip hop specifically, like you know, it it kept me at peace, you know, during my adolescent years, and you know, I. I'm happy that, you know, the greats like Cool Herc, the people who invented hip hop, you know, it helped me. It, it raised me also. Like, music also helped me with my style, like the way I dress. Like, it's it's, it's crazy how powerful music is. Mm. Like, you really change your whole lifestyle. The way you talk, the way you walk, the way you dress, the way you carry yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I hold it very personal to me. And so, it'd be a sad day if I ever go deaf. I'm just put it that way, because I love music that much. <laughs> Yeah, I think the same can go for me, especially since I was the youngest of all my siblings. They were always mainly the ones to put me on music. 
And for me, it was always a coping mechanism because there were some dark times in my childhood where, like Craig said, like said said, I would usually just go be by myself, iPod, listen to stuff. And if I hear stuff from friends and family, LineWire, I would be on there trying to find the music so I could put it on my iPod. And that would just be my way because I used to usually walk or bart everywhere. So that was just my little moment of silence to just meditate and just listen to music. And that would just get me through the day. And music just a way for all my friends to bond, especially since all of us came from different backgrounds in high school, particularly. It was just a way for us to learn more about each other through music. You know you're going to jail, right, Dave, for saying the lime wire. That shit was legal. Oh, yeah, I know. Nigga, we're all <laughs> using it. <laughs> I don't know about the what's this y'all shit. I don't know what you no, talking you too, about. Nigga. <laughs> <laughs> My fellow Americans. Oh, for no. those of you who are listening, I did not partake in any criminal activity. That nigga lying. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, but that's 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 real though. Because let me tell you, something. this is a little embarrassing, right? But and uh, fuck it, it's not embarrassing. I'm sure a lot of kids want to be like this. If there's any one of you niggas say that you at some point in your life you didn't want to know how to do a handstand like Usher did, and, and oh. that uh, you remind me video. Oh, he's one of my favorites. Do you know how many times I busted my ass trying to do that move? <laughs> I lost count. Yeah, man, the the music, man, it gave you, it gave you confidence, right? Like even to this day, like before I go into an interview or before I, um, you know do a training or give a speech something that's really you know pivotal in my life i'll listen to a song something to kind of ramp me up you know what i mean when i go to the gym i'll listen to something with a little bit faster pace and throw some lincoln park on or something like that you know what i mean like it it was it's it's music is life and and like you were saying dave it's it's cross-cultural right like i remember going to a, a kanye west concert um back before you know you met those K's. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what is it with niggas and K's ruining their lives? Um, but I remember seeing a bunch of people there, um, and no offense to any anyone who whose language first language isn't English, but there are a lot of kids there who didn't speak English as a first language, which just just showed me um, how how powerful music can be. Um, not just as a motivator, but as just a form of, of understanding different cultures as well. Right. Yeah, like hip hop is known worldwide, y'all. It's it, it's the top like trending like music ever. It beats you know pop music, rock music, classical. It's it's the most popular music in the, in, in the world, not the country, the world. The world, Craig. <clears throat> and like you said, Cedric, like these kids who don't speak our language like you know them being able to resonate with like you know american artists speaks to how powerful music is like uh artists like uh there's this rap duo named onyx from the early 90s mm. who still do tours in europe they said that you know these kids don't speak english but somehow they know all the classics like how how, how is that is it like the beat like do they look up the lyrics like i always wondered that I don't know. I heard Lupe saying a song, um, you know, something along the lines of giving tours um, where they barely understand what I speak, but they nod to my beats. Yeah. Right. He he was really popular, I think, in like countries like Japan and places like that. So I was like, oh, wow, that's crazy. Yeah. 
it's funny because I remember Lupe was one of the first few people to collab with Ed Sheeran. Mm. And I remember then I was like, who is this guy? And then Ed Sheeran actually used to be a rapper. So wow. obviously it expanded to the point where he crossed like he crossed over to, you know, um, pop music and R&B, basically. And like you said, hip hop is just really well known from even the weird dances that kids used to do. Because I always think now, like, what if Soulja Boy would have came five or six years later? What his songs would have did on the charts? Wow. Damn. Because I remember everybody was cranking that. Crank that spider pig. Yeah. Oh, Lord. This crazy shit. I was like, yeah. Yeah. So how has music changed specifically from the 90s to the 2000s? Because it was a huge jump. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot more bullshit. <laughs> Simply not less talent. Was it the beats? Was it just like, like what what happened compared to then? Because it was a lot more authentic authenticity from like the 80s and the 90s. And it just seemed like everything was just everything's just like very bubblegum and fake. And that's me and Seth talked about this a couple of days ago. Like I mentioned, you know, shock rap. Like it's more like it ain't mm-hmm. about how good you are. It's about like your accolades. Like, you know, Lil Uzi Vert, right? Oh yeah. You know, you got that diamonds surgically. Put on yeah. the middle of his face. Yeah, looking like Vision. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. <laughs> yeah, everything's you about trending and streams and all that. Yeah, I saw that ignorant shit. That <laughs> that, that was disrespectful. You know how many people financed are... it too? It's like a twenty million dollar diamond. You know how many people there are starving and broke? You go and put. You know what? I... A blood diamond. Sierra <laughs> 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 Leone diamond. him <laughs> probably is. Think people died for you to put that in your forehead? <laughs> the same blood Lil Nas put in his shoes. Oh god, she's horrible. But like, what yeah. the hell happened? I I don't know. You know, different times. I feel like a lot of the the artists from the '90s there there was more so there was there was a theme or a message behind their music, right? Because um, I feel like a lot of them spoke from genuine experiences that they had, right? So like again, like going back to just music from the '90s, like there was always a song to describe every every emotion that I was having because I feel like the music was genuine. Nowadays, you hear about people rap and sing about things that they've never experienced a it's day in their life. Yeah. yeah. Fucking rap about selling crack and it's like, you went to Harvard. Why would you? <laughs> why did you, you know, like what? Or you went but to- You had both your parents. Talking exactly. about you, you, <laughs> you weren't orphaned or whatever. <laughs> I ain't never had shit. Yes, you did. You ate, you ate the good cereal every Saturday morning. Not the, you had Captain Crunch, not Crunchy Captain. Like Crunchy Captain. <laughs> you know the generic shit they have. The generic in the, ass. I put in the bag. Yeah, the, the grocery outlet cereal. Like the Oscar flakes and frosted corns. Just name all kinds of shit. A white tiger oh. on the back. Oh my god! You didn't have I put a line on it. <laughs> You didn't have pops, you just had ops. Like, ops. Ops. <laughs> that sounds gross. That sounds so beige. You know it's bad. You know it's bad when you got generic Cheerios. Cheerios are already nasty, right? And they're already Cheerios. <laughs> Cheerios are like the the Tootsie Roll of, of the cereal world. Like it's oh, always the last damn. candy left over after Halloween. Like <laughs> shit nobody wants. Eat that gushy shit. Mm-mm. This shit is horrible. I don't know, man. How how's music changed for y'all? What do you what do you think? What do you think? 
But like I said, it's just more like it's not about the talent or the lyricists anymore. It's just like the beats and just doing <laughs> unorthodox shit, like putting a diamond on your head or coloring your hair like a rainbow. It's just to get attention. It's not about how good you are. Right. It's all about how you look and the crazy shit that you do. I agree because I've been looking at some of these things and I see all these songs and videos. I'm like, they don't become popular unless there's a challenge associated with it. I'm like, so it's all about the dancing now. It's not even about the quality of the song. Cause I was listening to, I forgot what song it was. Oh, it was the Busted Challenge. And I believe she dropped that song like four months before the challenge even started. And that's when she got pushed to the charts and anybody wanted to collab with her. And so in that case, it's kind of about as long as you have viral attention, which kind of relates to what both you guys said, just doing stupid shit. It's what gets people there. Because half these songs and half these artists, I never hear of until there's a challenge associated with them. That's what this... Can I just say, in relation to what you just said, Dave, that's yeah. a challenge. This WAP shit comes to mind. Oh, oh God. <laughs> now, oh, my Lord. Every fucking time I hear this song, <laughs> it makes the... I'm not going to say something about anything itching on my body. Um, it, it, the, the song... I'll just say that the song set the fucking culture back. I'm like, no wonder niggas is laughing at us. Look at this ignorant ass shit. And I think there was like um, some, was it a McDonald's or some fast food chain had a WAP flavored drink or some bullshit like that. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me? This shit is horrible. I hate it with every fiber of my fucking existence. And you know what? And I'm not trying to make this, you know, a sexist turn on anything, but like, you know, a lot of them talk about self-respect and all that, but like you singing that song out loud in front of your kids, talking about it's just lyrics, and it's like, but you screaming all this, I haven't self-respect for myself, or you should just respect me regardless. But like you, you singing all, <clears throat> all these lyrics in that song, it, even outside, like you said, not nothing to do with you know, um, gender or sexuality, anything of the sort, right? I, cause I, I felt the same way when I heard, um, or I actually not heard, but I saw, um, I think it was a performance with Lil Wayne at the, I want to say the BET Awards. And he was playing this song he has called, I wish I could fuck every girl in the world and had his daughters on stage, like dancing along to this song. And I was like, oh, what yeah, the fuck course. is going on? Like, what the fuck is, what, 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 what is this? It just seemed like there's no just yeah. respect anymore. No censor or anything about that. And like when I talk to people about WAP, the first thing I always say is you just, why can't female artists do this? So why can't you do that? And the first thing I come to mind is like, well, it's okay if they're not trash. Because I listen to Little Kim, I listen mm -hmm. to Eve, and I on occasion, and not even on occasion, I love Lauren Hill. Those are three female artists that can play into their genre and actually fit it well. Because Little Kim was provocative like that. And Eve was at one point yeah. too. And Lauren Hill had the vocals, which a lot of these females think they can rap and sing now, which just doesn't flow. And they try to always turn into that kind of aspect. And if, if you're good, you're good. If you're bad, you're just ass. But everyone always has to make it about gender. And at this point, it's like, do your history before you try to throw that at us. Because half these kids and people out here judging that probably didn't even know Lauren Hill has probably just one album. They probably think all her songs came from multiple mm -hmm. albums. That's what I'm saying, man. Even I, I'll say this: like, even Trina had some songs where I thought that I thought were pretty dope. You know what I mean? 
Eve, Eve yeah. with the Rough Riders, she mm-hmm. Eve had some shit for you. Or Foxy Brown. Oh yeah, yeah. So there, there's a, there's a lot of dope, I think, um, female artists out there. Um, but I, like you said, Dave, if, if your shit is trash, shit is trash. I don't give a fuck what what your gender is. If 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 it's trash, it, it's trash. Exactly. Mm-hmm. We call it PG, uh, pure garbage. <laughs> so, is there any artist from this decade that would that would have thrived in the nineties? Kendrick. I say J Cole. I would have said a uh, big crit or a uh, crit. Yeah. Currency. Oh uh, yeah. Um, I think there's a few artists that came too late too, and that's why they didn't thrive yeah. in this era. Papoose. Yeah. Oh yeah. damn. Um, I feel like Currency's been out for a how long? When did Currency first come on the scene? Uh, early two thousands. Because he was with the. 2000s? Yeah, he he used to run with the. Uh, was it Cash Money? Yeah, Cash Money, the Birdman and Lil Wayne and all them. Um, and then he started to go independent in like the late 2000s and then he started to blow up in like uh, early 2010s. Oh yeah, sound like he dodged a bullet. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> Did you hear about I watched an interview with Tiger and Tiger was talking about having to pay uh Birdman money to get out of his contract when Birdman owed Tiger money. Think that's some shit? He should got a lawyer. You got to yeah. pay <laughs> You got to pay this nigga to get out of a contract and he owes you money. Ain't that some shit? Yeah, he Berman has a bad reputation. Yeah. <laughs> Even Diddy. Even he does not pay nobody. Good. Yeah, people still want to get signed by him for some reason. Yeah, I, I, that's just bad logic. Uh, yeah, I, I I think that people are just you know, when you're up and coming, your your whole I mean the dream for most artists is to get a record deal and. Um, I read a book by 50 Cent called uh, Hustle Smarter, Hustle Harder. And he talked about sort of his early stages as an artist and having the opportunity to sign with a couple different uh, major labels. But he kept telling himself like this, the money isn't there. Um, the money isn't there. The money isn't there. Right. And it's a good thing that he held off because that's when he eventually met Eminem and got his big break. But Point being, like he kind of recognized his worth from the very beginning, and he wasn't willing to to compromise that. Like he didn't want to go to a label that was going to pay him less than he was worth, and he also didn't want to go to a label that wasn't going to let him be authentically himself. It's not like that with a lot of these artists nowadays. They just kind of sell their soul for a dollar. Like, yeah, and and what these labels do, and uh, even Chance the Rapper discussed it because he's been independent since the beginning, still independent. Hmm. These labels, they'll show you a contract and they'll say, okay, we'll pay you, let's say, like, it's like 50 million. And if you're a young kid, you see that number, you don't look at, you know, the fine print. Mm-hmm. They don't know that the touring, distri- distribution, marketing, that all comes out of that budget. Yeah. I remember. Labels, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to be on to that. Like, the contracts be having those devil advocates where people don't even bother to look. I remember when the new boys first got signed. Ben J went on Vlad and he talked about how the only way they can get out of their contract is that they put out two EPs. If not, they have to buy back like half of their signing bonus or something like that. That's ridiculous. Yeah, it's, 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 it's dirty. It's a dirty yeah, business. It's already over. Like they weren't even friends anymore. So he's like, I'm basically stuck with this label for the rest of my life. I can't put out nothing else because that was in the contract. Jeez. And that was Warner Brother Asylum Records. Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers. You know they can afford to let them go. 
Yeah, man. So is it better to stay independent then rather than go for like you know for that big contract with a big record label, especially nowadays? I mean, I mean, I'd agree with that. I think that it's it's good to be independent. Um, what if you hungry I, though? Like you ain't got shit and you need money now. You still sign it? Take it to an entertainment lawyer. Yeah, that's that's a big thing, right? If you don't understand all the legal jargon, then I think that you. Well, here's the thing too. Like I think that. Um, there's a difference between sight and vision. So I think a lot of the times like people will see what's in front of them, but they don't really have a vision for what that's going to look like in the future. Um, like I heard Currency, actually I watched an interview with Currency and he was talking about, you know, again, having the opportunity to sign with like cash money and some of these bigger labels. But, you know, he ended up doing the, the independent thing and it, it worked out for him. You know, it, it was a, a bit more of a grind, he was saying, right? Like he, he was talking about how like he, put out all these different like mixtapes like he just kept giving away all this music for free until he got like a big enough fan fan base or following oh so word of mouth mm-hmm you know and then he blew up into being the currency that he is today but he was saying there's a lot of benefit from that too because whenever you one you own your own music right which is uh incredibly important we know that from the michael jackson and beatles incident um, and he also saved a lot of money, um, on venues. So no, currency was one of those artists too. Like every now and then he'll pop up someplace. Like I, I think a couple times I've seen him like pop up in San Francisco and do some of these like smaller places or whatever, but he gets to take home a good amount of that money, right? Like there's no having to pay, um, his regular manager and a road manager and, you know, um, all the other additional fees that come with some of these larger venues. So he, you know, he came up. He got to pocket a lot of that money. Don't forget label cuts too. They get their pocket. Oh yeah. And they take a lot. Like the, the artists barely get anything. The Uncle Sam of the business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he gotta pay taxes? <laughs> yeah, PD Rock said he hasn't even touched a million dollars yet. I'm like, bruh. Wait, who? PNB Rock. Oh damn. I'm like, you haven't touched a mill yet? You've been off like six years signing Atlantic? That's why Tori left. That's disrespectful. Yeah. The industry is an interesting thing. Um, You definitely have to be careful. And I've also, I've seen a lot of artists too who, again, on the surface level, they look like they're they're doing it, right? Like they're driving these nice cars that they don't own. Rocking all this, uh, this, this jewelry, these gold, these diamonds that they rented. <laughs> I was even, uh, I don't know if y'all ever saw the Cribs episode with Redman. <laughs> yeah, classic. <laughs> he was saying how uh, there were people who wanted him to to rent a house. <laughs> he didn't want to use his actual house, but they wanted him to rent like a big mansion or something like that, just to put on like the image of a, of a, a lifestyle that he was living. He was like, no, nah, man, I don't. I don't live like that, man. He got fish sticks in the freezer and cousin laying on the floor. And I know, right? <laughs> we still keep dollar bills in a uh, in a shoebox so, on top of the fridge. I call this my dollar box. So, what the hell? He kept it real though. Like that's the most popular episode. Cause everyone, everyone uh, related to it. <laughs> so he was saying, he was like, "I'm messy. I'm not dirty, man. I don't. I don't do them." Uh, I don't do bugs and roaches and shit like that. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? 
Like, yeah, like you said, he kept it real though. He didn't subscribe to the image that they wanted him to portray, right? He he's, he remained authentically himself, which is I think a characteristic that again kind of carries over from um, those '90s style artists. Yeah, like you see some of these artists driving like eight cars of the same color, well, eight of the like different colors, same car, but then you have guys like Bobby Valentino who's been driving the same Bentley for like ten years, and then. People like roast him for it's like, but at least he's not wasting money on hella dumb shit that's gonna lose value over time. He probably actually owns it instead of leasing it. Exactly. Cause you hear all these celebrities like giving out cars for birthday parties, and half of them are at least. Like people are roasting Quavo and Sweetie when they broke up, like the least car, I'm like, oh, y'all flexing. Because <laughs> leasing costs way more than actually buying the shit over time. Yeah. And it's the same thing. Like it's going back to the image, like you look at music videos. It's mm-hmm. pretty much the same thing. You know, big mansion, women, cars, jewelry. And money thrown all over the place. Yeah, and it's like, you probably don't even own half that shit that you're showing right now. Exactly. Those are probably fake money notes, <laughs> fake, <laughs> fake diamonds. You're probably writing that coat you got on. And the girl's probably doing it for free clout. Yeah, you ain't hitting that. Exactly. <laughs> I'm yeah, just saying, I'm like, I can see it's, it's, it's a formula to all this, bro. It is. Yeah, and this goes back to just again portraying a lifestyle that's not authentically yours. Because, and it, I mean, even on top of that too, like a lot of this shit's unnecessary. Like I remember what was the artist? Um, I think it was Young Bird had a big ass diamond encrusted. It was like a transformer. Transformer, yes. Yeah, <laughs> like was going around the Jesus world. Christ. Then got stolen. I'm just like you. Where can you? Where can you go to chain that goddamn? Or a big ass chain from T Pain. Exactly. All right. Our motherfuckers got like a chain with their face on it or something like that. But it's like, what? what's the purpose in having all that? You can't walk over like a helicopter plane. I mean, helicopter chain, too. That's fucking stupid. Like, you spent all your goddamn money. You spent your advance on a goddamn chain. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I remember Meek signed somebody and he was like, don't waste your money on no dumbass chain. I'll buy it for you. Keep your fucking advancement. <laughs> yeah. Shit, but but again, we I sad to say this, but you know we we are the ones who do that sort of shit. Yeah, uh, you, you don't see no other. You I mean you see people who are billionaires not walking around with big ass chains. So why the fuck would you think that? Okay, you got like a contract for a couple million dollars. Why would you think it's okay to spend half of that on a damn chain on a car you can't afford maintenance for? They spend millions on them chains, bro. Racks. I'm like that was stupid. You could have put that towards anything else. Like, motherfuckers pay six figures for a car to still live in the gutter and then get mad in that car, get fucking like stolen and shit. A repoed. <laughs> Not repoed. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. There's, there's some ignorant shit that I would buy if I had a couple million dollars, right? But there's there's a there's a limit, right? Like you, maybe you do want a uh, fucking expensive car, or Corvette or something like that, but you can get a used one. You ain't got to go out and buy no. You know, shit that's gonna cost full price. Go out and buy this. You know, buy Bugatti. Out. Yeah, some ignorant shit like that. Or motherfucker gotta take it to a special mechanic to get fixed and all this other ignorant shit. Just it's and the car <laughs> has lost vast majority of its value as soon as you pull out the lot. It's funny you mentioned Bugattis. I remember Ace Hood had the whole song about it. <laughs> and then like a year later he's indie because he didn't he realized the game was fucked up. And he seemed more indie than he did while he was signed. That's right, he did. That's right. <laughs> 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 I 
Yeah. He, he's trying to do this fitness thing now. Talking about eating healthy and. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you think artists should be more mindful about their lyrics? Like some people might say that you know, oh, your lyrics. Like they blamed Eminem back in the two thousands for like some of the school shootings. I think. Uh, and you know, Eminem was like, you know, I'm not you know your kid's father. Uh, you should raise your own damn kids. These are just you know my stories, or I'm just joking around. So should artists, you know, take responsibility for like other people's actions? Like, how y'all feel about that? No, fuck no. I, and here's why. I saw the tip drill video with Nelly, and it never made me want to go slide a credit card down some girl's ass cheek. <laughs> so gross. Yeah, it, I was like, this shit is gross. Like, <laughs> it never made me want to go. You know. Um, I listened to some of 50 Cent's early music, right? Um, where he talked about, you know, growing up in the environment that he grew up in, growing up in the hood, um, some of the experiences that he had. And they were just that. It, it was, for me, it was just, a, it was relatability, but it never made me want to go out and actually shoot somebody. It never made me want to go out and sell drugs or buy drugs. It never made me want to do any of that. So no, I, I don't think that, I mean, I, while I do agree that music is is a huge influencer in a lot of people's lives, I I don't think that it should be the only influence, right? Like, I don't think that you can put something like uh, a school shooting on someone like Eminem, right? Because um, even too, like, you look at the backstory for some of these kids who are going out and doing these things. Mm -hmm. I've I don't and I could be wrong. And I'm willing to admit when I'm wrong, but I don't remember any of them talking about Eminem made me do it. I don't remember any of them wearing headphones and nodding their head or rocking out to some shit as they went and shot of school. I, I, I don't remember that. But I, again, somebody's out there who can correct me. I'm, I'm more than willing to take the criticism and the feedback. But I don't think so. Now, what do you think, Dave? I don't think the artist should take blame. I mean, at the end of the day, it's about accountability to yourself. Because I've, I mean, it kind of relates to video games. You can play Grand Theft Auto. I'm not going to go shoot nobody because that's what's in a video game. Right. Same thing with Eminem, like killing his mother in like 20 different songs. I'm not going to go kill my mom because someone else has done it or claim he wants to do it. And if you can't really control yourself or sit down with your kids and say, hey, this is just pure entertainment. Don't copy what you see on TV. Then who does the blame really go back to? It goes back to the parents. Exactly. I, it's like all falter, like filter to just blame it on the artist. Well, they're just trying to entertain, which kind of makes me think of Eminem's song "Stan." Like that guy's letters was creepy as shit. Like I dyed my hair like you. I remember that video. And that, and then you can't let this one man's life dictate how you live yours. Yeah, I agree. Like you said, Dave, it, it, it this all goes back to parenting to me, and it makes you even worse of a parent for blaming the music instead of blaming yourself. Because, you know, the, these kids don't come home to that artist. They come home to you. And so if they're acting out, doing all these things, you know, that means you probably weren't, out, you weren't around enough. Because, look, I played every violent video game, seen every violent movie. I listened to all the gangster type, all the gangster music. I never had a thought once of killing anybody or beating up anybody. Matter of fact, like I said before, it stopped me from wanting to hurt somebody. Yeah. I, I'm not gonna lie. I've I've listened to some shit and made me want to whoop somebody's ass, but it wasn't the music. It it was an ass whooping that was well deserved. 
because like somebody you know pushed me or did some shit at school and then i went home and listened to some shit and i was like you know what i should go back and whoop this i didn't do it <laughs> but it made me want to whoop their ass it, it did but i think that goes back to being able to separate fact from fi- you know fact from fiction you know um separating you know fantasy from reality right like if if you know uh that dr seuss isn't real then you should know better than to go out and listen to a song and then go go shoot somebody or go repeat what you hear some damn song lyrics motherfuckers don't go fishing talking about uh is that a one fish or two fish or a red fish or a blue fish you know like that's that's bullshit when people try and blame um, their what something stupid that their children did on on music. If anything, that's your job as a parent or a guardian to have a conversation with the individual um, about whatever it is that they're doing. But you cannot put all that blame on music. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. So, what makes a good song? Is it the beat, the <laughs> lyrics. Ass and titties. Ass, ass and titties. <laughs> <laughs> I like big butts. No, I'm just throw that ass in the circle. <laughs> oh man. It depends on what you're looking for. Like if you're looking for conscious rap with lyrics, then that's what you need. But if you're looking for something to get hyped at a party, club, wedding, or misfit, whatever, you need to make sure it just all flows together because you know there's probably like five or six songs no matter what kind of party you go to those songs have to play Mm. and for you what kind of stuff are you looking for in a song if you're going to a party stuff that just get people energized to get up and dance but then listen to conscious rap or if you're like someone who likes to meditate you're looking for something that'll get you at peace you know something to calm you down and then you know some artists just won't do that like, I'm not trying to meditate and listen to someone like Ludacris or Chinky yell at me. <laughs> but if I'm going to a party. Chinky. <laughs> Chinky. I did. But if you're going to a party, particularly in the Bay, Mac Dre, Too Short and You 40 going to have to play. Mm. Yeah. Talk, talk to him. So I think the word good just varies on what you're looking for at that particular time. Because some songs are trash, though. Like, if you say the same lyrics in every song throughout a whole album, I'm not gonna listen to that shit. <laughs> There's some artists that just don't appeal to me because they live so much off the beat than the actual lyrics. Yeah, dude, I, I agree, Dave. That's that's real. I think what it comes down to is just context and relatability. So for me, one of the things I consider to be a good song is like, how does this is this song something I can relate to in the moment? Right. So there's some some times where I'm listening to you know, or maybe I. So, I don't know, went through a breakup and then I started playing some Mario shit in the background. How could you? Or some shit, or you know, or <laughs> some let me love you. I don't know, something like that, right? Or sometimes where I'm I'm angry and I'm listening to some TI. Um like I said, some 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 songs where I'm feeling like cutting my wrist. So I listen, I'm just kidding. I'm just I'm totally kidding. I've never felt like that. Um but you know, listening to like some some Lincoln Park, or um, if I'm if I'm out with some friends, you know, dancing or whatever, like listening to some. I do believe that there's creative ignorance, 
right? Like, <laughs> there's some shit out there that's that's it's arguably a little ignorant. Um, but it's it's a club song, right? Like, mm-hmm. arguably the the Migos make some shit that's, I mean, they're not the the best lyricists in the world, right? But they play some shit like you you play a Migos song in a club and everybody starts dancing. Those ad libs. Exactly, they're catchy. They're yeah. catchy, you know. But that's that's just what they're. It's like Soldier Boy. People have tried to talk shit about Soldier Boy being a shitty rapper. I'm like, Soldier Boy is not meant to be like a lyrical rapper. Like he makes the equivalent of like party music, some shit you can dance to, or you know what I mean, like something yeah. along those lines, so, something that's catchy, right? But nobody said that he's you know he's like battle rap material or no shit like that. Like I think that's an unfair comparison to make. Exactly. He was a teenager when he came out. You wouldn't expect someone at 16 to want to be lyrical. He just wants to have fun. Yeah. That's a good point. And I, I think you guys are both factual. Like, it's, it, it's, it all comes back to what mood you're in. And even think about the question, I was just like, you know, there's really no, because just because something is super lyrical doesn't actually make it like the best song. Like, it, like you said, some, like on some days I might listen to T.I. or some days I might listen to Lose Be a Fiasco. It all depends on what mood I'm in. So it makes a good song. I mean, I think it's all subject subjective. I think it all depends on the person, because you know we all have different tastes in music. Some people like jazz, classical music. I mean, well, I think we're just thinking about hip hop music, but you know, there's there's many genres to it. That's real. I hundred percent agree. It's it's timing, right? I think even even some artists that I fucking hate. Let me not say that. There's some artists that I strongly dislike. Every now and then. You know, there's a song that comes out, and I'm like, "This is so and so." Okay, <laughs> all right, all right. I'll give it to him. I'll give it to him, right? And that's that's across the board. Shit, man. Because I remember when Drake first came out, a lot of people were hating on Drake, and they heard some shit like some, some yeah, some of his shit came on in the car, and they get to nodding their head and say, "I thought you didn't like Drake, huh?" <laughs> you know, this is a Drake song, right? Okay, okay. Yeah, man. Hating on him. There were a couple people who would hate on drake um there were all these memes and shit going or you remember the the memes about him being soft and like being wheelchair jimmy and oh that's right yeah you're right <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's a product of wayne i remember now i remember <laughs> yeah there's some funny memes with drake like, i thought he was cool i didn't i didn't know he rapped i didn't think he was lame i think <laughs> now nah, people used to dog him saying he was like mooching off like bow wow soldier boy trey songs and all that kind of stuff back in the day I remember him and Trey Songz to be like every video together, like they were like best friends. What do you consider Drake? Is he a rapper or a pop artist or R&B? Like what is he? I think Drake is an overall. I, I think I would classify him as an artist. Yeah. In general, as as, as much as I say, like people try to hate on Drake. Drake has ar- arguably like been one of the most consistent rappers. I I I would put him up there. Um, I don't I don't want to say all time, but at least the time he's been out, he's been consistent. Like every year he's dropped some shit that's been been arguably pretty good. You know, and I think that that's challenging to do because especially like keeping up with the times. Yeah. Like No, I don't I don't think he I mean, I think he's a cool rapper. I think he's a decent singer. Right. But overall, um, I think that he's good at making songs, right? Because Again, you have a lot of artists who are really talented rappers, but are not the best at making songs. You have some people who are talented singers, again, not the best at making songs, 
but but Drake does a good job, I think, of putting together projects. Just based off what you know, it's based off his track record from what I've seen. Yeah, for Drake, yeah, he's more he's just an artist. Like he does a lot of production that I've noticed, and for the most part, he's been consistent, like Cedric said. He's either on features, he has his EPs. He went through the whole dance craze with that one song and he knows how to keep his music trending. He works with the right people. Cause like him and Future, I'm not really the biggest Future fan, but whenever they work together, there's always some good shit. And then the same thing goes with him and DJ Cali. He knows his audience. He's not one of them guys who tries to squeeze in and then comes out looking bad or forcing it. Like people, like I know we touched on the other day of him like jumping around with the coaches and stuff, but he knows what his audience is looking for at the time and he runs with it. Also bring that up. Like, do you do you think you know he's paying homage or he's you know exploiting other genres to be more popular? I I don't think that he's I mean it's my personal opinion. I don't feel like he's exploiting anything. I think that he tends to to shout people out. Like he came out to the bay a couple times and did I think he shot a video with YG and some other people, but he started shouting the bay out in a lot of his songs. You know what I mean? So it wasn't like I feel like he was going and taking credit for like revolutionizing anything or being like the, you know the first person to do anything. I think that oh wait, you know what? Except for that Aaliyah thing, I know that was kind of complicated. That was creepy. Oh yeah. Yeah. Never mind. Never mind, people. <laughs> Never mind. I'm sorry. Yeah, she didn't know there was Photoshop pictures of Drake with Aaliyah, but yeah, that nigga weird. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Overall, do you think Drake will be around by another 10 years? Hmm. I think so. Yeah. I think so. I yeah. think he's going to expand his label and he'll start doing more features than actual projects like J. Cole is. That and this, the fact you brought up that he, he does different genres, sings, he does, you know, reggae, raps, you know, people who, do, people who are versatile in artistry tend to stick around a lot longer than someone who does, you know, who sticks to what they know. It's like that with like Snoop too. Snoop is kind of been versatile too. Like I've seen him kind of go from, you know, we all know Snoop from the gangster rap scene, but I've seen him do some goofy shit. <laughs> seen him do some reggae. Um Auto Tune. I don't yeah, he, he's kind of Bruno he, Mars. <laughs> yeah. Kitty Perry. <laughs> oh yeah. 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 Song, Soldier Boy. yeah. How do you do a song with Katy Perry though? So <laughs> that's what I mean like but he you know and but even as as <laughs> As much, as much of a Mitch match as that is, <laughs> Katy Perry and Snoop. Um, the song did, yeah, the song did really well, right? And I think that's a great way for artists to kind of get those royalty checks coming, right? You can hop on a track with somebody else and, and make it make a smash hit. And, you know, you get paid every time that song comes on the radio or gets put in a movie or whatever the case may be. So smart, smart on his part. Well, let's talk about hip hop music for, for a minute, specifically the Bay Area rap scene when people think of the west coast they only think of socal you know ice cube snoop dog pound no nobody barely mentions the bay area and you know i felt some type of way about that for the past 10 or so years <laughs> and what, what do y'all think about that being that we're off in the bay area do you think you know we're underappreciated underrated why we don't we don't get the credit that we deserve we have a lot of swagger jackers honestly like we see people who live in the Bay, relocate to places like SoCal and Atlanta to make their music careers take off. And they never play homage. So it looks like this, their own style they've come up with. 
and then look like the bay are just people just coming up with crap. I remember, I forgot where I was, but I asked someone about E40. They weren't from the Bay. They only knew tell me when to go and snap your fingers. And for, and they lived in the Bay for about three years. For them to know only those two E40 songs kind of broke my heart. And the same thing with Mac Dre. They only know feeling myself. Damn. You know, I think arguably arguably now it's, it's a lot easier for you to get your music out there, like on a global scale, right? Because I remember growing up, like listening to some of these these Bay Area popular artists, as far as like Mac Dre, for example, there, you know, YouTube and, you know, some of these like in Instagram, a lot of these streaming platforms weren't really big during the time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So there, I feel like there's a lot of artists now who um, they're able to promote and market themselves on a, on a mass scale, um, just given like the new technological advances that we have access to, right? Like, I don't, I mean, I don't know about y'all, but the only thing that I remember being around as far as a social media platform was like MySpace, but there wasn't Facebook, there wasn't Snapchat, there wasn't Instagram, because I think a, a large part of, you know, becoming like a successful artist, aside from the song, maybe being, let me take that back. Song doesn't even have to be that good, but if you can get everyone, if you can get it streaming, if you can get the song to go viral and you can get people listening to it, then it becomes a smash hit. Agree. Yep. Like, how many song challenges came out during COVID? Oh, God. TikTok. I remember, like, I touched on it earlier, I believe, but the Busted Challenge, that song was out for four or five months before that challenge came out. And then about a week after the challenge, I had the radio on. It was my first time hearing it on the radio. And so it took a challenge for that girl to get her recognition for a song when people were laughing at her the first time she performed it live. Now everybody's dancing to it half naked. (laughs) I'd be hot. I'd be hot. You know. And I think like it's it's gotten to a point now where I think some some Bay Area artists are starting to get recognition, but only like for me, like the cream of the crop from the Bay Area. Like you hear again, like you were saying, Dave, you hear like Mac Dre's a couple of his songs um, playing on the radio now that he's you know, he's not with us, no longer with us. Uh, but there's still like a lot of artists like San Quinn, Messy Marv. Oh, God, Messy Marv. D'Lo. Yeah. Oh boy, who who were really meaningful, I think, to me growing up. But you know, because I feel like growing up in the Bay Area, I was a little isolated too. So I don't know how much of a of a push a lot of artists from the Bay Area, like how much of a push it was for them to like get their music out there. Because you know, people were Bay Area famous. You know what I mean? That's yeah, kind of like, yeah. And unfortunately, when they do leave, they don't get the recognition they deserve. Like your boy, your boy was dope. Man, he's underrated. Yeah. And also, Hustler. Bay Area, we have our own distinct sound. Like we're both, we're all the West Coast, but like you can tell a Bay Area song compared to you know L.A. And unless you grew up around here, you don't really appreciate it. Yeah, shit, Bay Area has its own style in general, man. Like <laughs> I remember, you know, and you can see it, right? Like I don't know if you've ever. And granted, it, there's exception to the rules, but sometimes I feel like I can meet somebody and tell that they're from from Soul Cal or like I've been in L.A. and <laughs> I'm thinking about East Bay freshman year. Yeah, Hell yeah, you're like, ooh, he ain't from here. <laughs> yeah i was like where but, are you from I was like, <laughs> but it, it's the same thing when you go to other places too right like if you've ever been to la and like you can kind of see some people like if you've ever been to i went to a what was it a party at long beach long beach state and you can kind of kind of tell who was from la and who was from the bay area right like i feel like there's a certain you know just it, 
I don't know if it's, it's the slang that we use, or, but the barrier is, like you said, Craig, unique in itself. It's funny because a few years ago, less than five years ago, I went to LA and I was at this restaurant and I placed an order. The, the waitress was like, you have an accent. Where are you from? What? I'm like, the fuck? Bro. Yeah. She's like, I was using like different slang that they don't hear down there. When I was talking like with my dad at the table, I told him from Oakland. She's like, okay, we had a group from Oakland here a few days ago. And I was like, okay. And it's like, I really didn't, I kept using, I think for sure. I guess they don't really use it down there like that. She was trying to get your number, Dave. She was 50. <laughs> 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 or, you know, uh, I forgot what was his name, but he was from SoCal. He told me that, you know, they don't use hella. And growing up right here, I thought hella was used everywhere. Yeah, I heard that too. Yeah. I'm like, what the hell do y'all say over there? A lot? Instead of using hella, what do y'all say? What do y'all say? Hella is like a normal word in my vocabulary. That's like very, to me, really. Like, the people say like they like they never heard it before anywhere else. I'm like, hey, that's how closed off we are from the world, like the Bay Area. Yeah. Like, I, I thought it was used everywhere. When people hear Bay Area, they think where Tupac lived before he died. That's all he could think about. Or the Raiders. Oh, damn. People I think hear no more. I remember like trying to tell people. So where do you say I stay in Hayward? You mean Oakland? <laughs> I have oh. Why can I stay in Hayward? Oh, is that near Sacramento? No. <laughs> it's not anywhere near Sacramento. Yeah, man. I just think, you know, we have a lot of talented artists out here. And I feel like we just we kind of pigeonholed and kind of live in like SoCal shadow. Lightweight. And then the ones who do make it from out here, who are like globally known, they don't represent what the barrier really is. Like Sweetie, for example, she's a lot of barrier samples, but that's not barrier music. <laughs> you gonna make like, mad with that one. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like that tap in. It's a viral song. Yeah. And it's good for the clubbing. But if someone said that's a barrier song, that would be total disagreement from like 100% of the population out here. Who's going to say it was sampled from a real barrier song? <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I, you know, I also feel like, too, there's a lot of artists who like barrier music. You can tell it's barrier music. I mean, aside from just the style in general, a lot of times you hear people shout out where they're from in their music, right? Like <laughs> someone, Vallejo, from the city, from, from the town, whatever the case may be. Um, there's a couple artists, I feel like, who are from the Bay Area, but don't necessarily claim the Bay Area. I mean, you don't really hear them talk about it. Mm -mm. It's, uh, it's, you know, it's not like something that they throw up, whereas I feel like most of the time with LA artists, um, well, LA in general just is, kind of has a reputation of like it, it's Hollywood out there, right? Like there's yeah. where you go to be famous, where you go to promote yourself to get your your name out there. But I feel like a lot of times when you hear about artists and um, who come from LA, they're quick to tell you where they're from. They they wearing LA fitted caps, you know. They got on LA Dodgers gear, you know, stuff like they're quick to rest their city. All that stuff. Like everyone so, knew Nipsey was from SoCal. That's real. Wait, so which artists don't claim it like that? I'm trying to think. Well, Keisha Cole claimed Atlanta, but she went to high school. She lived out here off and on until she was like 15 or 16. Well, I don't want to say not claim it, but like like no. Kehlani. Kehlani's big, but I don't know how I don't know if she goes around talking about the fact that she's born in Oakland or that she's from Berkeley or something. I think she's from Oakland. Yeah. Yeah, she's from Oakland. Yeah. 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 But there's there's a couple artists like that where it's like you look them up and you find out, oh, you're born in San Francisco or you you were born in Oakland? Oh, okay. I didn't. But you, you wouldn't know that because they don't go around yeah. saying, yeah. you know, 
Is there a reason for it, do you think? Like, you know, they're kind of ashamed of it because we're not well known as L.A. Like, Because when people hear Bay, they think gutter. Like, for example, Damian Lillard, we all know he's from Oakland. Yep. Mm. Like, he wears A's, like, jerseys, throwback Warriors gear. I mean, he watched the verses wearing fake dreads. He grew up, like, not too far from where my parents live right now, actually. Like, he's one of those guys who lets it be known he's from the Bay. He still throws found like charity events before COVID in the Bay. But some of these people, unless it's a concert, you will never see them touch these streets again. Yeah. And and I think that, like you were saying, Dave, like there's a, people for whatever reason just see, they think, even for the ones though, I think like even with from LA, like there's a certain level of, of griminess, but that grimy is considered to be cool. Right? <laughs> you think about I, <laughs> I should be not right. You're a cool, like, dirty person. You're a cool, dirty person. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, <bubby. laughs> so dirty. So dirty. <laughs> oh. But, but it's like some but and I, I hate to go back to this, you know not to go back to this, but I hate to talk about, you know, the glorification of like gangs, right? But you think about a lot of these um LA artists, how many of them talk about Compton and being a crip or being a blood and you know, like YG talks about that. The game was talking about that. I've heard Kendrick talk about, you know, his not him being a part of it, but like him having yeah. friends and relatives kind of growing up in that environment. So there was some some level of uh, acknowledgement for having grown up in that environment. Some some level of acceptance. Like this is who I am. This is where I grew up with, grew up at. Um, yeah, that sort of thing. I agree because if you, I mean. All three of us have seen straight out of Compton, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I know one of the scenes that probably stood out to I know a lot of people is when Ice Cube went in there bashing all the trophy cases. <laughs> My favorite scene. <laughs> or the escalator scene. Like, usually when it comes to SoCal, people think of like that rebellious nature. And that's where everyone sees it at, especially when there's movies out there that portray what happened. People always gonna remember that. And they're like, okay, I'm gonna sound from there because people could think I could relate to this kind of behavior. That's real. I didn't really think about it like that. That's yeah, true. A great point. Yeah, L.A. in general kind of has that, you know, um, like you said, re rebellious, um, rebellious kind of image to it. You know, you think about like the L.A. riots, that yes. sort of thing. Yeah. So. O.J. Good point. Would you? That wasn't too far after that. Yeah, I, you know, can't argue with the facts. <laughs> He did do it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Bronco. Yeah. Shit, man. I seen uh, <laughs> walking with one of my coworkers during uh, was a couple weeks ago. She's just this white girl, and she's cool people. But she was. Uh, we're walking down down the street near where I work, and there was a Bronco parked on the side, <laughs> and she and she was like, "Oh, I used to own one of those back in the day." I was like, "That's interesting." Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like you used to own a bronco huh? so what was that like <laughs> i remember they're supposed to bring it back last year the 2020 bronco or like just remodel it like the same one just the new version yeah and there's like there's a lot of hate about it so they had to like change their mind by re-releasing it oh no yeah i could have told you that was a shitty idea so <laughs> that was poor marketing on their part that was it's horrible Fucking horrible. OJ. So this let's let's get down to the nitty gritty real quick. Who are y'all top ten rappers, dead or alive? Oh shit. 
Yeah, we're going to get into this shit. Whew. Who wants to go first? I'm going last. You motherfucker. <laughs> okay. The first nine is in any order. But Mac Miller, Nipsey, mm. Fabulous, Ooh. Mm. Kanye, mm. Okay. E40, Yes, Andre 3000, Yes, yeah. Big Sean, Tupac, and J. Cole. And number one is Ludacris. My nigga. My <laughs> motherfucking nigga. <laughs> he doesn't get the credit he deserves. He don't, bruh. Ludo's a fucking animal. Like people, I listen. Go ahead. Ludo verso that Beast Mode song. Like this is that fire, bro. Like people overlook him because he he has goofy music videos. But like I, I be telling people, like listen close to what he's saying. <laughs> yeah, his punchlines. Like Runaway Love, bro. I was like, this is some dark shit, but it's needed right now. Like basically touch on domestic violence, and like people were laughing at the video. You know, ha ha ha. He's basically telling these girls to run away, but he's talking about shit that girls. Talk, go through like they're abused at home they only go to school you know all kind of stuff like that physical therapy or release therapy that was just yeah. like a beautiful album you know you got a Grammy for that right too his first Grammy yeah and it was like um honoring his dad who just died of yes kidney failure or something yeah that, that that couldn't have been a better better moment to have that song come out with him and Mary J yeah, yeah. that was that was a perfect combination for that and he's an actor and a rapper is actually good at acting. Besides that, yeah, he's one of the best ones. So I'll say that he is. <laughs> he, he, he's, he's got potential. He's got some. Yeah. Uh, I like the Big Sean, though. Big Sean was one of those artists that I felt like um, kind of got lumped into a category with being, I guess, sort of like Kanye. A lot of people are saying that he's following after Kanye, but a lot of motherfuckers don't know. Big Sean can legitimately rap. Yeah. Like yeah. Big Sean is dope. He actually got better over time. He hasn't been really complacent. And I remember for a while he was living off like Kanye and Chris Brown features. And mm. then when I heard Win Some Lose Some and Um One Man Can Change the World, I was like, this motherfucker seen some shit too. From Detroit. Yeah. So I mean Yeah, you know you some shit. Don't nobody trash come out of Detroit. That's just I <laughs> I've I've yet to see like a trash I haven't like, either. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think. I don't think any. I used to think, oh, he's one of those mainstream corny dudes. And then I actually right. heard Detroit versus everybody. I'm like, this motherfucker, bro. Yeah. He, I've heard him do some freestyles too, where I was like, is that that big Sean? Okay. <laughs> but then I heard too, he kind of grew up, uh, could be wrong, but I remember hearing that he grew up in the battle rap scene too back in Detroit. Like, that's kind of how he. But he's, an, he's a, a good example of, again, one of those artists that kind of did what he needed to do to kind of get out there, right? Like you kind of mm-hmm. appeal to your audience. You kind of make the music that that's going to sell um, to get your name out there. He also touched a lot about the fake flexors. Cause I remember one song he said, I've been signed since 07. It took me four years to get my mom her new car. And like, he mm-hmm. didn't go waste his dumb shit, like on his bonus on like dumb shit. He knew it wasn't guaranteed. I'm curious though, um, about you putting Mac Miller on there. I, I don't see a lot of lists of Mac Miller on it. So who, what did Mac Miller mean to you? Like for me, he was like that dude in college I listened to. He had that party stuff and he loved his family. Like people like joke about his drug addictions and everything happened with him and Ariana Grande. But he made a lot of music that it was easy to relate to. He was like, I'm not gonna wear the flashiest shit. I'm still gonna wear my Nikes, my 
my vans, you know, stay loyal to the family. And unfortunately, you know, he passed early because a lot of them end up leaving him. And he had a lot of songs that if you go back and listen to albums from like 2013, 2012, mm-hmm. he was suicidal for a while. Really? And most people think, oh, he just makes, you know, party music and things like that. But if you actually listen to his lyrics, he has some shit to say. I need to go back and listen to it. I didn't, because when he, you know, when he passed away, I didn't realize he had them type of issues. Yeah, like. Like you said, I only heard the party stuff from him. Yeah, listen to his one song off Senior Skip Days called Facing the Crowd. Like, basically, he feel like he just blends in no matter where he goes. I think overall, your list, your list is pretty solid. You know, definitely artists, you don't happy with the fabulous one because most people don't really care for him like that, bro. Fabulous is probably one of my favorite rappers. Like, you want to go ahead with your list, Cedric? Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm curious. I'm curious. Uh, so I, I put Eminem for one, okay, okay. Lupe for two, damn, it, I forgot Solid. <laughs> Jada Kiss for three, okay, yeah, uh, fabulous yeah. for four, uh, Kendrick. Kanye before the Kardashians. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm serious. That once that 808 heartbreaks was kind of like, eh. he lost his mom, bro. So I, I... yeah, and I, I get it. We'll touch but, on him later. I have something to say about that too, though. Okay. <laughs> would, would your mom really want you, <laughs> like, in honor of your mother? This is, I mean, I don't know. But anyway, anyways, yeah, I put uh, your Kanye. I uh, put Redman, Ludacris. Yeah. Damn. Ludacris. Yeah. And I put one. And, and people going to laugh at me for this. So don't don't kick me off the podcast. But I put Little Wayne on there, too. Yeah, actually, an honorable mention for me. You know, Wayne, like, before he started just saying whatever, like, he was raw as hell. So I'm not going to scold you for that. <laughs> so <laughs> pre Carter 3 for me, for Wayne. Yeah. Brooke, Carter, uh Carter was too was dope. He Carter has, yeah. He has some mixtapes too that were hot. Like he 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 could legitimately rap, and he he had a couple songs where that's the thing too. Like people listen to a lot of his mainstream shit, but he had some shit too where he talked about some real things. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. He obviously took a turn for the worst. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. This nigga decided to make all his his teeth gold or is that tattoo? Yeah. Tattoo across on his forehead, but no, he, Little Wayne has some shit where it's just like, oh yeah, for a while he was he was the hottest thing out, for a good minute. You remember that two year gap when him and T Pain was featured on everything? Yeah, they were everywhere. <laughs> I was like, God, every song on the fucking radio had those two. I was like, oh shit, this is why I got yeah. done with the radio. Does it think Little Wayne know how to make a good song? But I also feel like he put a lot of other people on too. Yeah, I think he, he made a, a lot of artists, n- not the best artists, arguably, but I know he put out, you know, all the cash money was he made. A, he gave. Hot boys. He, he, oh, yeah. The hot boys. The hot boys. Oh, fire. Bang, bling. <laughs> all oh, them, bling, bling. <laughs> uh, from juvenile to. Um, nine nine to two thousands. Yeah. He, he put Drake on. Yeah, I feel like he put Nicki Minaj on. He put Lloyd on. He put Tiger on, like he put he. I think he he did a lot for quite a few people. Most people don't know, but after B2K, he the one that pushed Romarion to work with Young Money more. Uh, yo, oh yeah, I forgot about that. Damn. Yep, and Bow Wow. He was like trying to keep everyone because you knew they were like left out to dry. He the one that pushed Cash Money to work with them. 
Yeah, that's real. So I, I, that to me too, like somebody who uh, who put other people on, right? Who, who um, especially other people of color, and you know, kind of give them give again, give them a platform for them to be artists or to express themselves creatively. Mm-hmm. So. Um, so you mentioned uh, Redman on your list. I don't see a lot of him on, on there either on other people's lists. So what does he mean to you? Muddy Waters? Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, I, I, I know. I'm just saying like people Muddy like sleep Water. on. Because I mean, so Redman was kind of like he was funny. He was lyrical. Um, he was cool. He was himself, right? Like for me, Redman made it. He made it okay to to be a little a little grimy, right? Like to be kind of have like that certain, I hate the word swagger, but to have that kind of like that little bit of that grimy swagger to you, right? Like, um, again, it, it was that authenticity, right? Like mm-hmm. he, it was him legitimately being himself. And um, even like, like we talked earlier about like the whole Cribs thing, right? Like, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. <laughs> him not wanting to rent a house out but like no this is actually how i'm living like i still keep you know money in the shoebox. you know i still go shop at the grocery stores you know because that to me is- <laughs> i probably would too though i can't trust you motherfuckers with my shit the grocery store yeah but but he doesn't go but, to the grocery store he doesn't go to the grocery store. but he's authentic right he remind yeah. me he his personality too. He reminds me of somebody who I would love to like, just kind of kick it with. Like, if you see him walking down the street, it, you know, you can say what's up to him and not really worry about him. You know, oh, I'm too big to like. He he doesn't strike me as the type of person to ever consider someone to be beneath him, given all his success. You know, yeah. this whole circle is pretty legit. Like, I remember Luke Cage when Method Man was just that chilling in the grocery store. I was like, that's probably something he would do in real life. Yeah. <laughs> probably doing it now. Right, like it seemed like that whole clan, like that whole group, would just do that kind of shit, because it's authentic. They don't just shoot videos in the hood and go back home to their like five million dollar mansions. They yeah, around there. But that's a lot of people, and I forget who said. um, I don't remember if it was Kendrick. I can't remember what artist said that, but it stuck with me. And he was basically saying a lot of niggas use the word real too loosely. Like a lot of they, Mm. a lot of people go out and say that they're Mm -hmm. real. And they're not. Like, you know, like again, you ain't never gonna see Red Man walk around with no big ass chains on. He still walk around with a do rag on <laughs> and shit. You know, like Damn that. Or right. hoodies. Yeah, got a little scruff on his face, but even though he can afford to, <laughs> that's, who, that's who he is. And, you know, I respect, I, I respect it. Now, drum roll, please. Oh shit! Let's go. All right. So no particular order, like y'all. So first, could be Nas. Oh damn it! Honorable mention. <laughs> he was an honorable mention for me. I was so close to put him on there. God. <laughs> the fuck did I forget Nas? Oh god, he was so close to being on my list. Him, uh, Eminem, Tech Nine. Oh mm. shit! Mm. <laughs> what? I know, I know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, E Forty. Okay, okay. Good. Ludacris. There we go. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, Royce the five nine. Okay, I put him on and took him off. I had, it was hard. It was I know. <laughs> I know. Sean was the only guy from Detroit I had on my list. <laughs> <laughs> um, Buster Rhymes. Honorable mention. 
Uh, Kendrick. Okay. Andre 3000. Okay. Of course. And last but not least, DMX. Damn. Really? Rough Rider. Yeah. I'm, I'm surprised Currency wasn't on your list. Honorable mention. <laughs> <laughs> Honorable like mention. You, you He's always like put... Currency. Yeah. I feel like you only put me. You got me listening to Currency. Like, oh, no, he, he is one of my favorites, but like these these, these dudes on my list like were a part of my whole childhood. I didn't really like listen to Currency like that to like college early college but like this is like the dudes i have my list they were like from the beginning yeah i think it was you put me on currency and hopson yeah Yeah. oh damn hopson shit (laughs) (laughs) i used to always share the youtube links when you're like damn these niggas fire i thought about hopson too but i I was just like i don't i wouldn't consider him to be honorable mention for me yeah for me it's like i listen to him but he's not someone i'm like damn i gotta listen to hopson today right I was upset about that Nas though. I was like, "Fuck, man!" I I was just listening to his new album, not new, but nine. Damn, yeah. you got a Grammy too. His first Grammy this year. Thirty years. That a bitch. Uh, Nas, his first. Uh... He he just got his first one. Yeah. Ain't that some bullshit? Mm-hmm. That's why I only mess with the Grammys like that, bro. That's why accolades don't mean shit. Like when Will, well, I know he, Lil Wayne's in your list, but like I didn't think his album was better than uh, the Cool. When Lupe's Be Asked album. Fuck he, no. He won over him, and I was like, he won no. over <laughs> What was that? The Carter Three or some shit like that? Yeah. Like, <laughs> when he won the Grammy over that, over the cool album, I, I never watched the Grammy since, bro. Like, on everything, I haven't watched it since. That, you know, but a lot of that, um, you know, it's interesting because Lupe Fiasco and Royce have a podcast, um, and they were talking about the Grammys. I think Royce got nominated for a Grammy or some he shit did? like that. Yeah, for his. Um, the Book of Ryan album. Oh yep. yeah, this list past Grammys he got nominated. I don't think he won though. But they were talking. It was some weird. Like the people who get nominated are like some weird fucking. I think like Jay Electronic. It's like it was some crazy shit. Like, <laughs> people who like who get nominated and the people who win and it's just like with the Little Wayne and Little and um, with the Carter Three and the Cool. I I think that's one hundred percent horseshit. <laughs> but I can I can see it from the perspectives of um, like just optics, right? Like you think about how many songs, like how many how many radio songs did the Cool put out as opposed to um, like you were saying, Dave? Like this was during the time where um, T Pain and Lil Wayne were on every fucking thing. Yes, no, there was, he was featured on that album. I think at least two times or whatever, but. All you would hear was Lil Wayne on the radio, you know. So, I can I can kind of see that. But hip hop saved my life. Was like it was just storytelling, just beautiful. The cool was just a fucking dope. Oh my god! Like it was impeccable, bro. It was perfect. Yes, that shit. And I remember, like, when I was watching the Grammys, I told like I was texting my homie. I'm like, if if Lil Wayne wins over this album, bro, I'll never watch it again. And look what happened. (laughs) I didn't know it was that shady. God damn, that's horrible. Why would they do such a yeah, even though I'm not really a fan of her, even Nicki Minaj has never won a Grammy. Yeah, that's I'm like, she's the only female rapper for how long? She's that's fucked up. No, yeah, no, nah, man, that's interesting. Um, so DMX, DMX, man, Shit. so Thursday, I think somebody, I think it was either you, Dave, or somebody else posted it about his passing, and then. 
someone else posted that he was still alive. So I was kind of mixed of like what to believe. Yeah. And so I, I, I slept on it praying that, you know, it was just a rumor that because, you know, he he had a heart attack, I believe. And he was in like an, a, a vegetative state for like was like a week or so, two weeks. Today mm-hmm. made a week. Well, would have made a week. A week. Yeah. And like I, I was hoping he pulled through. Until, you know, I wake up yesterday and the news and I was just like, like, this hit me just almost as hard as Michael Jackson when he died. Damn. Like, he, the, there were only two artists who really, like, like, if I was trying, like, the shittiest day during my adolescent years, like, there's only two artists who really calmed me down every time. It was the Jacka and DMX. Those are the two artists that really like did it for me during those years, my teenage years specifically. And so, reading the newsletter, like let's, I think it was in the, he passed away in the morning, right? Early in the morning. I'm so confused about that because there's rumors that he was already gone, but the family was prepping a statement and yeah, all kind of stuff. So he passed. Was it Thursday night or? I'm just gonna say Friday morning. In the morning. Yeah. Oh, I was just. I was praying, y'all. I really was. Like, y'all, y'all just... Like, if you know me personally, everyone knows that he's one of my... He's my top five of all time. Overall artist. Not just lyrics. It's overall artist. Because he's... He, he's one of the few artists that has an album that went diamond. Mm-hmm. You know how hard that is? It's crazy. Not many artists did that. He did movies. You know, he had his own crew with the Rough Riders. I mean... He was up there with Tupac to me. And so, like, it, it really hit me hard, yo. And it, 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 it was rough. And I was, of course, you know, slapping his music all day, all weekend. You know, I was just going to be nothing but DMX for me. But um, I read that uh, Jay-Z and Beyonce bought all his masters and they're going to distribute it to his kids. So if that's true, you know, shout out to Jay and Beyonce for that but um yeah I recommend that y'all watch this mini documentary it's on it's on YouTube it's not that long but y'all need to look at his backstory bro like he came from the gutter uh, New York I believe and you know people shame his lyrics but they don't know where he came from bro it's it's, it's almost more, like movie worthy in my opinion and I read a news article today, which uh, kind of put me in a you know in a bad mood. Like some some social justice warriors saying that you know we shouldn't be praising that DMX because he's you know he wrote misogynistic lyrics. You know he, he's a rapist and you know he's he hates the gay community. I'm just like, like who are you? Who are you? He who has, without sin, shall cast the first stone. So if you've never sinned in your life, bro, I don't want to hear shit from you. Like, who are you? you do, y- do y'all ever think about the person's family? I mean, y'all did the same shit with Kobe. Y'all wait a day until the man passes away, not even 24 hours, you're already, you know, trashing his name? Like, who are you? So should someone like, Bring up all the fucked up shit you said at your funeral. Like what? Like what? What are you doing with your life? What are you doing with your life? 
That, that's all I want to know. Well, you couldn't find a job. Like, you finally go, let, let me guess. You went to college, you got a shitty-ass degree, you couldn't find a job, so you figured, let me, let me blog and talk shit about people who can't defend themselves no more. Who, who are you to judge? I don't know. I, I'm just, it, it really put me in a bad mood. It's, it's just like, it's bigger than DMX. Like, I, I've seen it happen too many times where all these nobody bloggers talking shit about people who pass away or it's just shit they said 10, 15 years ago. We're all different than who we were 10 years ago. Yeah. I mean, you know, sometimes Facebook shows you memories of, what, of posts you, you might have posted like 10 years ago or something like that. Oh, yeah. I ain't friends with half those people no yeah. more. Yeah. Like, I admit, you know, I was immature. I was a teenager when I said that shit. Like so, why why would you hold somebody who said something twenty years ago to who he is now? I don't know. One of the things that comes with being a black man, because you got people who have come out, come right out and said that they liked doing inappropriate things, and nobody's trashing their names, right? Like you talk about. People like Elvis Presley, God rest his soul. Um, try not to speak ill of the dead, right? But someone who came out and said that he liked talking to younger women, right? And, and teenage women. You got people like Charlie Sheen going around giving women HIV and still getting roles in, in TV shows and movies. Don't hear, hear his name getting drugged through the mud, right? But this person who is pivotal and influential in a lot of people's lives, Mm -hmm. person who has a family, like you were saying, Craig, um, who passed away, who's not even in a position to defend himself, you decide that now's an appropriate time to come out and, and speak negatively of him? I mean, whatever happened to innocent until proven guilty? Right. And, and to me, that just speaks to that person's character. Right. Like, are you, are, if it was really about social justice, then why not bring this up when this person was around? Why bring it up after the fact? Like, so you a can get your them, name out there. I agree. And a lot of them, they know what they're doing. And then they give that simple apology. Like the New York Post, for example, posted an article about let's list all the homes DMX, DMX has lost over the years. Like a whole list of all his foreclosures in one article. And as soon as it was posted, the blogger or the writer deactivated all her social media. Like she knew what she was doing. Exactly. And I saw another, another article yesterday from the LA Times. It was like DMX, a rapper who battled the law and drug addiction, has died. And then they rechanged it to like DMX, the raspy voice musician who has died. I'm like, that's not no better. That is not no better. Now, if someone went back and let's say your dad was like a woman abuser and be like, Mr. Smith, the one who beat his wife in front of his kids has died. How would you feel? This is disrespectful. It is makes me reflect on this generation that we're living in right now is just everyone's trying to be poetic and always trying to like fight for something that doesn't need, that doesn't need to be fought like you're human we're human we make mistakes 
I doubt anybody's ever who's never said something fucked up before when they were a kid. You know, like to say like when are y'all passed away? Like, should I bring up something you said twenty years ago, thirty years ago? Like, what does that matter? What? <laughs> like, what can you do about it now? Like, it's like, like it's <laughs> that nigga Cedric was good, but uh, God rest his soul, nigga. You still owe me twenty dollars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Late to his own God. goddamn funeral. Ain't that a bitch? <laughs> <laughs> you pulled this shit. My goddamn birthday. <laughs> oh my goddamn birthday. <laughs> Come to my house. No, I, I just. Yeah, as well. I just, I just wonder what happened to common decency in this generation. Like for me, like I noticed it was something wrong with last year with Kobe when he passed. I'm like, it wasn't just Kobe that died. His daughter died with him. His wife and other kids have to listen and read this shit online. Like, and same thing with DMX. His fiance, his ex-wife, the mother of his kids, mm-hmm. his friends, they have to see that shit. Especially if you're going, not going to post accurate information, because half them people live through that shit with him, so they can read through the bullshit. You only post them because he's trending right now. Exactly. And and that's my thing, man. Like, I don't get me wrong. I'm I'm all about standing up for what's right. I'm all about certain social just justice cause, but there's a sense of appropriateness, right? And timing is a huge factor. So again, if your whole thing is really about you know, standing out for what's right. There's multiple ways that you can do that besides shitting on the name of somebody who just passed away. Like, I agree. bitch, go write a book or a poem. I mean, I don't know, like, you know, donate. Just... <laughs> Anything yeah. but sit around talking shit about people who can't defend themselves. Like, how do you sleep with yourself right now? Yeah. If anyone's listening, how do you sleep with yourself at night? I remember when my sister passed a few years ago. We found out through the grapevine one of her friends was talking shit. And she had a nurse show up to the funeral. My mom looked at her and said, get wow. the fuck out. Like she was talking about some shit that happened like eight or nine years ago before she passed. Motherfuckers are bold. Yeah. When you show up at somebody's funeral after you just got to talking shit. People have no souls. Tell you about a generation. But you know what? I that's why I I have a certain appreciation for social media, but I don't think that everybody deserves a platform. I just don't. I think that cuz some people will just take it as an opportunity to abuse author- or abuse the power that they do. What what little power if any that they do have. Mm-hmm. Some motherfuckers don't need to be heard. They just don't. Not if you got something, you know, fucked up like that to say about somebody. Yeah, and we'll we'll, we'll dig more in today. We're going to talk about that on a podcast. But um, my condolences to the DMX's family. You know, I hope he found peace through all the hell he went through when he, as a child. Mm-hmm. And to anybody who's writing articles about him, you know, I I don't know. Like you said, like Cedric said, it says a lot about your character. I don't know if you just had no other purpose in life or you don't. I don't know. I, I self-reflect and, you know, try to change your life in some way because, you know, 
on Judgment Day, you're gonna have to, you know, pay for all the sins that you committed. A lot of times, people don't realize too that uh, half the people who talk shit couldn't couldn't walk a day in his shoes. Yes, if you you couldn't survive half the shit that he experienced growing up. But you you you're not even looking at the, the whole picture. Motherfuckers will find one one instance in a person's life and just hone in on that. And all of a sudden this person becomes defined by that one thing. Not even looking at the fact that, you know, again, like the, the childhood that he suffered through. And the fact that he found a way even through that to make himself into somebody. It's just a bunch of fucking haters in the, in the world. A bunch of fucking haters and jealousy and envy and it's and the sad thing about it too is like you know it's it's gonna get you nowhere like, like what are you what are you gonna gain from talking shit about this man after he's passed he's passed on you gonna get a couple followers on social media if that what are you gonna gain I don't get scared and delete all this social media like that one girl. I'm like, you knew you did something wrong. You have to hide now. Right. This has been fucked up time, you know, in addition to COVID, right? I'm thinking about, you know, we lost Kobe. We lost, mm-hmm. I think, Little Richard died last year, too. We mm-hmm. lost Chadwick Boseman. Um, man. Since Tyson just passed. Yeah. And you know, it's part of life. But you know, I just want people to have more respect. You know, what people have done or said in the past, just let it stay there in the past. Cause we we've all said some foul shit. Everyone's sin, that's part of being human. What kills me is like if you have an issue with somebody, don't wait till they're gone to bring it up. Like the yeah. Kobe situation, that shit happened 17 years before his passing. Where were y'all his last days of the NBA when he won his Oscar? Where were y'all then? Y'all waited till he was no longer around to defend himself. And the same thing with DMX. Like his kids are probably still grieving, crying as we speak. And y'all up here writing hateful things about the money he's lost. They don't need to see that right now. There's no morality, bro. Like, I don't know what's wrong with people. I want them quick clicks because social media and clout is all people care about nowadays. But that's the thing, though. I feel like you're just building your reputation as being a shitty person. Because how many people who are true fans of DMX are going to look at that and be like, oh, well, she's got a point. Like, no, what the fuck? What are you going to gain from that? Like, what, what do you gain from dragging somebody's name to the mud? That's, uh, that's that's some coward shit. Very. Some straight coward shit. Well, everybody, thanks thanks for tuning in. And again, rest in peace to DMX. You know, you were one of the greats. You truly were. This is your host, Craig. I'm Cedric. This is Dave. And we are out.
Thanks for joining us this week on the Unforgivable Podcast. Make sure to visit us at the links below where you can follow us so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, please subscribe and hit the like button or tell your friends about the show as that would help us out too. See you next time.